Do not let your heart be troubled, distressed, or agitated. You believe in God. You believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely on God. Believe in and adhere to and trust in and rely also on me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places, homes. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I am going away to prepare a place for you. Uh huh. And, and, and when, if, when I go and make ready a place for you, I will come back again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And to the place where I am going, you know the way. <laughs> go ahead. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do, not where, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except by or through me. Yes, I will grant, I myself will do for you whatever you shall ask in my name as presenting all that I am. If you really love me, you will keep or obey my commands. Wow. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter. That word is counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and Stand by, that he may remain with you forever. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, welcome into its heart. Because it does not see him or know or recognize him, but you know and recognize him, for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. Wow. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn or helpless. I will come back to you. Verse 23. Jesus answered, if a person really loves me, he will keep my word, obey my teaching, and my father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home abode, special dwelling place with him. Anyone who does not really love me does not observe and obey my teaching. And the teaching which you hear and heed is not mine, but comes from the Father who sent me. I have told you these things while I am still with you. But the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf, he will teach you all things. And he will cause you to recall, remind you, bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Hallelujah. Peace I leave with you. My own peace I now give and bequeath to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. Stop allowing yourselves to be agitated and disturbed and do not permit yourselves to be fearful and intimidated and cowardly and unsettled. Wow. You heard me tell you I'm going away and I'm coming back to you. If you really loved me, 
you would have been glad. See? Because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater and mightier than I am. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does take place, you may believe and have faith in and rely on me. Wow. This whole chapter, in, chapter, in fact, chapter 14, 15, and 16 are almost, always, almost completely in red letters. It's Jesus talking. In fact, I want to add a scripture, guys. If you'll add John 16, 33 to the very end of this, I want to go to the very last thing at the end of this sermon, what he says at the very end. But let's, let's talk about this a little bit now. Listen, we often, in fact, I was at a funeral this week. These are the verses they read. We often hear, you know, these verses at funerals. But these are not funeral verses. It's not about a funeral. Isn't that something? It's really about Jesus leaving them and, and wanting them to understand that he's sending the Holy Spirit. Listen, whose presence will be as real as the very physical presence of Jesus, except that he can be there all the time and wherever they go. Wow. And he says, I'll not leave you as an orphan. I'm going to leave you, but I'm coming back for you. They did not understand that as funeral language. Listen to me. They understood it as wedding language. We should be reading this at weddings. <laughs> be weird, but <laughs> they understood it. We don't understand it that way because we don't do things, we don't get married the way they got married back then. And what, what they would do, they would have what's called a betrothal. And we still, we still, uh, we still have that, but we, you know, most people don't. You say, are you betrothed? And they, and they said, you say, quit cussing at me. They don't know what you're talking about. In fact, in the traditional wedding vows, if you remember, before the vows, there's that little part in there where it says, will you agree to love her and protect her? And, and you agree to that. Remember that? If you had traditional vows, that's the traditional betrothal. In other words, you agree to things before you take your vows. But back then, the betrothal could be the wedding could be days, weeks, even years after the betrothal. And what Jesus is talking about is, ah, glory to God, the groom would make his promises. And remember when Mary was pregnant and said Joseph wanted to put her away? Remember they weren't married yet, but they were engaged. Let's call it engaged. Because when you were engaged or betrothed, that was legally binding as the marriage is. So he was going to put her away privately. He was going to divorce her. So what Jesus is saying is, we're engaged. And the groom, what would happen? The groom, once that happened, the groom would go away and make a home for his future bride. She may not be anywhere around, might be in another city somewhere. But he goes away. 
Oh, my God. And, and builds a home for her and tells her, we're not married, but we're betrothed. That means I might be away, but I promise to protect you. We might be away, but I'm required to provide for you. We might be away, but, I have, but, I, but I'm there for you. I, 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 I'm going to take care of you, even though it's, it's from a distance. My God, this has got me going. I, you're all just in a, uh, but I'm gone. I can't stand still. Amen. He goes away to build a house, and he sends money back, and he makes sure that she's safe and makes sure she's taken care of. My God, hallelujah. Jesus said, I'm going away, but you are my bride, and I'm going to take care of you from a distance. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, my best man. And he's going he's to take care of you and all that you need. And you'll bring everything to your remembrance. And he's going to be the blessing that you need in your life. Somebody give him praise. Woo! Hallelujah. Isn't that great? So he goes away. He provides. He protects. And he promises. But we're expected to be virgins. Remember the story of the ten virgins. <laughs> when you're the bride, he gives you a lamp. But you have the responsibility to keep oil in it. Because he's coming back. But you need oil in your lamp. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. He didn't say you were, he said you are the light. How can we be light? We're light like the moon is light. We look up at the moon and say, oh, shine, moon. You know what? That moon don't have no light. But it's lighting up the dark. Hallelujah. We reflect Jesus, that light. Amen. But I, 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 like, I like what one person said. The moon can only reflect what it sees of the sun. Some of you are quarter moons. Some of you are half moons. Some of you are new moons. <laughs> Some of you, we don't know where you are. We haven't seen you in years. The point is, the moon shines, reflects only what it sees of the sun. Hallelujah. As we look on the sun, we reflect. We are light to the world as we see the sun. Not S-U-N, S-O-N. Hallelujah. Shine, this little light of mine. Shine. Hallelujah. Keep your oil in the lamps. Wow. So in this marriage theme, in this betrothal theme, we have, we are, we have a standby. In, in the dictionary, you know, Brother Webster. Oh, y'all are slow. He really was a Christian. Uh, standby, a staunch supporter. One who can be relied upon. 
something upon which one, one can rely and therefore choose or use regularly. We have a standby. We have a standby. Hallelujah. But in this relationship, it is we, we are the bride, but we're not yet at the wedding. How many know the wedding feast is coming? Woo, glory to God. What a day that'll be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his... Okay. But watch this. Five times, just in this chapter, Jesus says, if you'll love me, you'll obey me. And I want you to catch that because he doesn't say, if you love me, you can start to obey me. He just said, it's just, it just comes naturally. If you love me, you're obeying me. And you see, you can tell the people who aren't obeying me because they don't really love me. And the people who don't love me don't obey me. It's interesting that I can't really remember the last wedding I did where the bride wanted obey in the vows. Oh, Lord, you're thinking about your own, aren't you? We took out the obey because that's old-fashioned. Nobody, you know, no woman today was like, I'm not obeying that man. Wow. It does sound kind of harsh. But Jesus says, if you love me, you're obeying me. If you love your husband, oh, it's going to get harder than that. You might as well get on board. <laughs> but really, you say, oh, yeah, these men, they abuse that. Yeah, they do. But I think you ladies got the, got the better part of the deal. I think you got the better, easier part of the deal. Yeah, I really do. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19. You didn't know you were here for a marriage counseling. Speak out to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, offering praise with voices and instruments, making melody with all your heart to the Lord. Can I get an amen? At all times and for everything, giving thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father. Then he says, be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. Wives... Be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husbands as a service, not to him, but to the Lord. Am I helping anybody or you want to leave? For the husband is head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, himself the Savior of his body. So far, you ladies are freaking out. As the church is subject to Christ, so let wives also be subject in most things to their husbands. Oh, I. Right there. Husbands! Love your wives. And he qualifies it. As Christ loved the church. And gave himself up for her. Let me, let me stop right there a minute. 
I know men will say, well, if it ever came down to it, I'd give my life. Well, chances are it ain't going to happen. This isn't about you being willing to give your life. This is about you giving up your life. Oh, come on, husbands. You were amening me a minute ago. This means if you're in a, in a relationship, that means you are supposed to die to self. You're head of the house, but quit being selfish. It means you die to self, you die to pride, you die to anger, you die to having your way, you, have, you, you die to bossing your wife, you die to being in charge. Because you love your wife. Lord, I, Lord, I can't even get an amen. you think the wives would be up there. And this is really interesting. So that he might sanctify her. Quit complaining about your wife's behavior because it's your responsibility to make her holy. By loving her. So if she's a rebel, it's your fault for not loving her right. It's getting hard in here. Uh, counselor, are you going to use this stuff? Can you use this? Oh, my Lord. That he might sanctify her. Having cleansed her by the washing of water. Let me read a little bit further. Is, is there more? Go ahead and put it up there. Then he might present the church to himself. Now, he's talking about the church, but he's talking about marriage. In glorious splendor without spot or wrinkle, any such thing that she might be, she might be holy and faultless. Even so, husbands should love their wives as being, in a sense, their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. He lo Notice he didn't say love himself, but love his body. Well, that's interesting terminology because the first thing Adam said when he saw Eve, I, I know I joked that he said, whoa, man. Actually, the first thing he said was, she's flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. He said, she's my body. He recognized his own body. That's why Paul says, you love your own body. Well, your wife is your body, and you need to give your, because Jesus gave himself. He gave his body. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. You know, the difference between the first Adam and the second Adam, that's Jesus. The first Adam died with his wife, but the second Adam died for his wife. Glory to God, anybody hearing me in the house. Hallelujah. So, too, men, we need to be willing to die for the home, for the family, for the wife. Amen. I'm so glad Glory's not in here. She will hold this against me. She wouldn't have heard the other part. Amen. I'm with you guys. I'm with you guys. 
How many are still with me? Hosea chapter 1, verse 2 and 3, one of the weirdest, weirdest things God has ever told anybody to do. The Lord began to speak to Hosea, poor Hosea. The Lord said to Hosea, go take yourself a wife of harlotry. Go marry a prostitute. Go marry a prostitute because I want you to feel what it's like. You don't get it? I want Israel to see what it's like for me to be married to Israel. I wonder how many times God looks at us and says, you're supposed to be my wife, but you're flirting with the world. Listen, I preach it hard or you want it hard. I... Come on, church. When I first came into the church, the big thing, yeah, the thing that we really struggled with in the church was women wearing pants and jewelry. Oh, man, I wish we were back there. I wish that's all I had to worry about <laughs> in these last days. Hallelujah. Wear all the pants you want. Wear all the jewelry you want, ladies. Just start living right, will you? Job chapter 1, verse 8. Here's what, here's, what, here's what we have to face. The Lord said to Satan, yeah, the Lord talks to Satan. This is before Satan gets thrown out. Have you considered my servant Job? I hope, he never, I hope my name is never there. <laughs> that there is none like him on the whole planet, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God, shuns evil. So Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? In other words, well, yeah. You put a hedge around him. You've blessed him. You've given him all this stuff. He's the richest man on the planet. He was the Bill, Bill Gates of his day, only he was saved. Sorry, Bill. Haven't you made a hedge around him and around his household and around all that he has on every side? You blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. You've taken care of him. The Lord said, okay, let me remove it. And let's see what Job does. And Job says, I came in naked, I'll go out naked. Blessed be the name of the Lord. My faith is not in what I have. My faith is in who gave it to me in the first place. The Lord gives, the Lord can take away, and the Lord can give it back. In fact, he did double. Hallelujah. My faith is not in the fact if I have a job or not. My faith is not in whether I'm healed or not. My faith is not in any of these things. My faith is in him, amen. He's in charge of my life. To God be the glory. Great things he has done. But I want you to catch this because if the enemy is giving you a hard time, it's because God allows it. And if God allows it, it's because you can take it. Not only can you take it, but it's going to make you stronger and better and more fruitful after you get through it. Amen. He sent you a standby to get you through it. 
It's not just a wedding analogy. Jesus says, I don't want you to feel like an orphan after I'm gone. Some of you have been, been here, a lot, probably half of you have been here, but half of you haven't been here. You don't know what I'm really saying here. But when you lose that last parent, and I've talked to so many people, and I said, and they say, you feel like an orphan. They're gone. And you also realize you're next on the list, <laughs> especially if you're the oldest, right? Uh, but you realize you, you kind of feel like, like an orphan. But what happens in an adoption? <laughs> she said, I don't want you to feel like an orphan. I'm sending you the comforter to take you under wing and to take care of you. Wow, come on. I, 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 I'm looking for something here, and I can't find it because I didn't write it down. Okay. What happens when you adopt a child? Have you seen all the commercials lately? There's so many commercials right now about adopting a teenager. What happens when you adopt somebody? You give them your name. He said, don't feel like an orphan. I'm giving you my name. That means you can act in my name, not your orphan name. It means that you have a home. You have a family. You have an inheritance. You have a future. Hallelujah. I, I, I give you my name. That's why we pray in the name of Jesus. It's not just that we pray in his name. We pray in the name that he gave us. We pray as family members of the kingdom of heaven. When we pray in the name of Jesus, that's our new last name. Hallelujah. We have the inheritance of the kingdom of God. Give him praise in the house. Wow. Woo. First, first Peter 5, 8 says this. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil... Walks about like, like he's not, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. May devour. He wants to know who he has permission to devour. Stay under the covering. Stay under the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Your sins forgiven. The devil can seek to devour you all he wants. He can harass you. He can give you a hard time like Job. But he cannot devour what belongs to the Lord. We bear the name of Jesus. And he cannot devour us. What's even more powerful is that God, the Holy Spirit, lives in us. I like, to, I, like, I like to look at it this way. When he knocks on your door, the Holy Ghost answers. 
Get out of here. Get out of here. You don't have to answer it. The Holy Ghost answers it. John 16, 33, you know that's my last verse. These things I have spoken to you, this is the last thing. After this, chapter 17, he prays, a long prayer. But this is the last thing he said to them. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, I'm leaving you, but listen, in the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Don't worry. Be happy. Everything's going to be all right. He's conquered. Not I will conquer. I have conquered. I went down to hell and I snatched the keys. And I've given you authority over death, hell, and the grave. I have overcome the world. Would you stand with me? Let's praise the Lord together. We have a standby. We have the Holy Spirit.